All righty, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Peaks. I'm very excited to be here today. Uh, again, I'm uh, CEO, Chief Executive Officer at Peaks Recovery Centers here in uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado. And uh, a couple weeks ago, I highlighted the fact that I was going to be uh, bringing on uh, uh, an individual who's an important to this industry and doing incredible work on behalf of the industry and patients alike um, who have been uh, receiving addiction treatment uh, services and mental health services um, over the past uh, few years, uh, several years in fact. And uh, her name is Joanna Conti and she joins me today as the uh, CEO and founder of Vista Research and also the founder of Conquer Addiction. And kind of the way that we're gonna walk through this today, um, Vista Research um, represents in, in essence um, outcomes data for addiction treatment centers um, throughout the United States. And Conquer Addiction really represents a platform that can speak to family systems in regards to highlighting treatment centers that are providing efficacious care and, and actually providing and putting forward their outcome data for people to view and um, see those differences and hopefully in that way find uh, treatment that is uh, good for their loved one and not hiding behind outcomes that don't actually exist uh, for treatment centers. So um, today we'll focus in on uh, Vista Research and at another date and time we'll get into um, the other side of this ever important um, platform that jo Joanna's created on her end, so uh, called Conquer Addiction. So welcome, Joanna, to the production today. And I think you're joining us from Annapolis, Maryland, correct? I sure am. Brandon, it is really a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me on your show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, kind of, you know, kickstarting this, we highlighted this from the beginning, um, but uh, Vista Research is the largest uh, outcome um, sort of data center um, across the United States. And I think that's uh, fascinating. And how many uh, addiction treatment centers or behavioral health centers in general um, are you guys um, supporting? I think the last time we spoke was roughly around 60. It's about 60 companies. A lot of those have multiple locations. So it's a lot more different locations than that. And we're in... Um, at, at least a third of all the states, we have centers that we're monitoring their outcomes for. That's beautiful. Um, and just to kind of put a put a tone to that, to think about, you know, where Vista Research is at and the and the significant uh, data that they're pulling in to be serving, you know, call it sixty centers across one third of the states with multiple, you know, treatment um, programs involved with that. You know, we might be talking about hundreds of facilities at the end of the day, but across the United States, there are over 14,000 addiction treatment centers uh, serving mental health, behavioral health, or otherwise in that regard. And 14,000 minus a couple hundred is a lot of treatment centers not participating in addiction treatment um, outcomes. And uh, before we dive a little bit into, you know, sort of our frustrations around that, but certainly gonna speak a lot of positive, you know, aspects about how all of this works in the end. How many treatment centers is Vista Research serving in the state of Colorado at this time? All of two. Peaks All of two. Been, Peaks has been doing outcomes research with Vista for almost three years now, and the other treatment center just started, so it's way too early to have outcomes for them. But wonderful. Yes. Well. I'm super grateful to be a part of this, to be among the one up until recently, and I'm glad that there's more, you know, getting involved. I think there are anywhere from 50 to 80 treatment centers here in the state of Colorado. So calling on all of you to give Joanna a call tomorrow and start taking this seriously, because it does matter, and I think it will matter. 
And speaking on behalf of Peaks Recovery Centers, it has only improved uh, what we're doing here when we take the data seriously. So, um, you know, so with that said, um, you know, what, what led you to starting Vista Research in the first place? I had a daughter who, as a teenager, became a very serious alcoholic. She was repeatedly drinking to levels that could have killed her night after night. And over the course of many years, we kept finding ourselves in crisis situations, usually in the ER. Sometimes she was airlifted there. And each time it was obvious that I needed to find treatment for her immediately. And so I would get on the phone and I would start trying to find good treatment centers. And one of the things that was so frustrating was I was forced to rely on chance comments that somebody had made. Oh, you should check out this center or you should check out that center. One time it was a comment somebody had made at a picnic six months before saying, hey, if you ever need treatment again, you might try this center. So I would call these centers and they would always sound so nice. And I would say, and what is your success rate? And they would invariably say, trust us, we're one of the best. The good news is we always found really effective treatment. And as a result, my daughter has been sober now for eight and a half years. She's now uh, exactly, I mean, we are so incredibly blessed. She has two lovely daughters. She has a career that is going gangbusters. She's happily married. They have a house. And I mean, we're incredibly lucky. But it, it was luck. And mm -hmm. when the worst was behind us, I said, there has to be a way for the families to coming behind us to find mm -hmm. treatment centers with the best outcomes. And so just as a labor of love, I was running another company at the time, I decided to create a website called Conquer Addiction, where families searching for treatment could find treatment centers that were proving that they provided excellent treatment. So I built this website back in 2015 and was horrified to discover that there were only five treatment centers in the entire US out of that 14,000 that you talked about, Brandon. There were five treatment centers in the entire US who were measuring their post-treatment effectiveness and we're willing to publicly share the results. And so I thought, well, I can't start to promote this website that recommends five centers. Right. So in instead I said, you know, I'm gonna start talking to a couple of treatment center owners and saying, I don't understand this. Why aren't you tracking your outcomes? And so I started doing that and enough treatment centers said, yeah, we want to, it's in our plans for next year. We don't have a clue how to do it, but I thought, well, there's a business opportunity here. And I have an incredibly odd background. Um, I'm a chemical engineer by training. I've started international nonprofits. I've helped launch companies in, in Japan and Argentina. 
And um, I've run for Congress, of all things, in Colorado, no less. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I didn't even know that. That's cool. Back, back in 2004 in the Denver area. And um, one of the things I had done along the way was I taught myself how to program, and I'd spent five years running a software company. So I could think through how we could cost effectively and accurately measure outcomes research. And I thought, this can be done. So again, as a side project, as a side hustle, I launched Vista Research Group while I was running another company. And over the years, we showed just what a difference being able to monitor patients during treatment for issues like their depression and their levels of anxiety and their cravings and so forth. We can monitor that, show it in real time to clinicians, and that helps patients get better faster. And on top of that, once the treatment, once the patients leave treatment, we will follow up with them one, six, and 12 months post-treatment and confidentially find out how they're doing so that we can provide independently verified real success rates. And so that's what we've been doing for the last five years. Fantastic. Well, thank you for bringing that all to light and didn't know about the politician thing. That's really exciting <laughs> as well, too. Uh, Not really. Have have... I'm a reformed politician. <laughs> Very happy to, to be have... back in the business world. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to we're going to have to have coffee to talk about that later. I'm curious now. Um, but uh, so, you know, kind of just to you know share with the audience what it's like to for this data as it as it's being provided in real time within a, a treatment episodes, you know, in essence for us, we set them up with a laptop and they run through surveys, um, each patient on a weekly basis, just kind of reporting um, different metrics for how they're feeling. And one of the things that, you know, to when, you know, Joanna talks about real time, that's fascinating that we've come to know and learn and appreciate here at Peaks Recovery is that sometimes you can go up to a patient in the morning and say, you know, ask me, hey, how are you doing this morning? And they'll say something like, I'm doing great, man, fantastic, cup of coffee, things are great. 15 minutes later, they'll sit down and they'll take the survey and they'll report suicidal ideation or I don't feel like living today or these sorts of things. And, you know, for some reason, that becomes a safe place for them to put that information to say, hey, this isn't working with my therapist, uh, haven't met the doctor in the last two days. And then in real time, we get to respond to that. It gets flagged in all the data, um, especially if it's a significant um, you know, episode that's happening, and we get to meet it in real time. So um, really cool features of that, that real-time focus that she's talking about where treatment centers can, if they're paying attention to it, actually respond in real time to a really distressed patient in that regard. So uh, it's a really beautiful thing that's operating and not this sort of static thing um, that's just to be looked back on in that regard. So really cool product in that way. Again, trying to sell other addiction treatment centers to take this uh, seriously because it really can benefit um, your company culture and your program and provide a significant amount of data to your medical um, and clinical teams in real time, uh, which I think is fantastic. So. Um, moving forward a little bit uh, into the discussion, you know, now that you've got this started, you know, over the past several years, you've been focusing and honing in on this data. What are some of the positive things you've learned since starting Vista Research um, in this regard? And I, I know we've prompted Conquer Addiction as to a future episode, so we'll just kind of leave it for there for now. But um, 
you know, what are the positive aspects that have come forward? Okay, so, you know, your daughter was suffering at a point, she's in recovery now, but kind of going back to that time, you know, there were only five addiction treatment centers with outcome data uh, in that regard. So you had to have learned an incredible amount, you know, between the five and the 60 or so that you're serving now. And what are some of those positive features that have come to light for you in Vista Research? Well, I think one of the most wonderful things for me personally is I have talked to so many people who are treating patients who are really struggling with addiction, who so deeply care about their patients and are doing everything they possibly can to help those patients recover. And it's really been um, really inspiring to me on a day-to-day -day basis to talk with so many of the clinicians and treatment center owners and program managers who really care so deeply mm -hmm. about their patients. And that has been a really positive experience. Absolutely. And so, and, and I, I believe I've talked to you about it in the past, but, you know, our we don't really, you know, hone in on our slogan here at Peaks Recovery Centers anymore, but the original slogan of Peaks was a caring recovery. And I think that's exactly what you're stating there is that when you talk to these addiction treatment centers, at least the ones who are invested in the outcomes through Vista Research, they really do care. Yes. And they really do want to see these outcomes improve. You know, even at, you know, Peaks is a stabilization model right now, and we've just started introducing our IOP, but, you know, in that 45 days, you know, sometimes you get to see the best of individuals and, you know, see them go from, you know, pale skin, defeated attitudes to having mm -hmm. hope at the end of treatment. And it's a really inspiring journey. Um, but this is the point of outcomes, right? We've got to do more than just care, right? Right. Yeah. Monitoring them during treatment, it's very apparent, uh, several things. First of all, we can often identify previously undiagnosed co-occurring disorders that will need to be treated to enable them to fully recover. Sometimes the fact that they're dealing with high levels of trauma, for example, flashbacks about traumatic experiences and some stuff, that may not be something that they're willing to share face-to-face when they first start meeting with their counselor, but because they're filling in these online surveys and we're asking in, in such a way um, that it's easy for them to admit online, then that allows the treatment centers to start dealing with those issues from the very beginning and is one of the several ways that this type of research helps patients get better faster during treatment. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes, you know, I think one of the major benefits to Peaks as well, too, especially when we get, you know, cued in the surveys that something is more disruptive than they've revealed to us already. You know, it can even be at the latter, you know, period of treatment. If we're a 45 day program, maybe on day 36, they highlight when they haven't highlighted it before. Actually, I'm majorly depressed and I have this disorder mm -hmm. and like it. And, and what it does for us in real time is you know, direction of care is just so valuable. It shifts the case management from maybe this, you know, place we are idealizing as part of a, you know, sort of just a, a straightforward streamlined recovery journey, abstinence-based programming, maybe 12-step immersion, you know, Dharma model, whatever it might be. But now we need to take more seriously the mental health condition that's been revealed and create a different trajectory in that regard. So um, absolutely helpful. And again, speaking of that real-time data. So 
um, you know, kind of putting to bed um, those awesome positive features of, of your work and what you've got, you've had to have learned some of the negative features of, of our industry along the way, <laughs> you know, and, and, and we've talked about it before, but, you know, even at Peaks Recovery Centers, I thought, yeah, Vista, let's sign up for that because we are going to crush it in our outcomes. Like we're going to, we're going to be a hundred percent. We're going to be the conquer addictions front page of what addiction treatment centers need to do in that regard. And then the data starts coming in and it's, it's kind of a kick in the pants. You know, it's, it, it tells you exactly where you're at, not within treatment, but post-treatment. And that's where, you know, to me, the data is significant. Um, so there's some tension in there, but, you know, before I, 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 I go on a tangent about some of that negative tension and what it's felt like for us, you know, kind of, what are you seeing on your end that has been, you know, sort of disruptive through your lens and, and having so much hope for, um, good outcomes. What have you learned that, that's sort of the, the negative features of all of this? We have done outcomes research at this point. It's got to be for several hundred treatment centers and realize that every single treatment center started doing outcomes for the same reason that you just said. They're absolutely convinced that their outcomes are much better than anyone else's. And they're hiring us to prove that. The fact of the matter is, of course, that's impossible. And this is an industry that until this time really didn't have an accurate way to measure their outcomes. And what we found is even among these all highly respected treatment centers, there's been a tremendous range of outcomes among treatment centers who have um, uh, stayed doing outcomes research for more than a year, we've seen success rates between 18% and 50% of patients who were reachable and said they were abstinent at one year post-treatment for at least the last 30 days. So that's an incredible range from, from 18% to 50%. The average has been 36% of patients at one year post-treatment who are reachable and who say, I have not been able, I have not used drugs or alcohol in the last 30 days. Now that doesn't mean they didn't relapse at six months. Addiction is a chronic disease. Unfortunately, relapse is a terrible thing that happens frequently. But if they're relapse and they have the willpower, they have the support system, they have the recovery capital to get back into uh, recovery, we consider that a success. And so, you know, th th this was this is very interesting information to be able to monitor at different points of time and compare across treatment centers. So, one interesting piece of learning, as I said, just to summarize it, is that there's an incredible range of effectiveness, even among highly respected treatment centers. The second thing that's been disappointing is that when we published our outcomes research um, two years ago, and again, um, a couple of months ago, we've now done outcomes research for over 10,000 patients who've left treatment at a treatment facility um, across the US. I was really disappointed to see 
that our outcomes in 2021 are exactly the same for the industry as a whole as the last major similar outcomes research that was ever done. And get this, what would you guess that that last outcomes research was done? What year would you guess? The last one that was done, uh, and this isn't a Vista research thing, right? This no. is the last industry-wide This one. is the last indi similar industry-wide research that was published. Um, well, you've exposed me here. I, I, I want to say that somewhere around the range of like the National Institute on Drug Abuse or uh, one of these na uh, national programs would have done it, SAMHSA or otherwise, but I want to say 2004, just to throw a year out there. 1993. Jeez. It has been 28 years since the last federally mandated addiction treatment outcomes research that covered a broad spectrum of patients. They had about 4,000 patients and they from, from treatment centers across the country and they followed up with them uh, in kind of a similar fashion. They found that 36% of their patients were reachable and abstinent at one year post-treatment. 2021, 36% uh, of the patients are reachable and abstinent at one year post-treatment. So that has been a major discouragement. And I think the reason why we haven't seen more progress is not from lack of trying, but because this industry has not made the effort to accurately scientifically track their outcomes. Because until you know where you are, you don't know what improves it and what doesn't. And the most positive thing that we've found is that among treatment centers that have done outcomes research for multiple years, they've been able to use the data that they're getting from the during treatment and the post-treatment monitoring and outcomes research and they're, they've been able to report that 20% more patients are in recovery six months after discharge in the second year they're doing outcomes research than the first. So just what gets measured gets managed. That's what Peter Drucker said years ago. Once you can measure it, you can improve it because you can do little, you can do little projects. You can say, well, what would happen if we did this? And you can measure the impact of that. And that is so exciting to me that for, for an investment of frankly, $26,000 on average were the treatment centers that were in this most recent research. They spent $26,000 a year total on research and 20% more patients were in recovery in year two. Small so, cost for a, for a significant uptick in contributions, right? I mean, year over year, I mean, that's what it's about. And I think, you know, exploring Peaks Recovery Centers, you know, three years ago in our data, you know, we were below that average and now we're, you know, above that average now um, at this time. And, and the thing that's driving that is like, okay, we have a curriculum, like, what about this curriculum is not working? I mean, right. addiction treatment centers, you know this, your patients will tell you what's not working for them um, in each and every moment. They will show you their disgruntled uh, 
ness in those in those real time moments. And so you can take the data then and explore within your curriculum what's not working. And like Joanna said, create these you know intimate projects, right? Innovation. How do we change week one? You know, if it's not working compared to week six, to inspire people differently. The goal isn't to go from 36% to 86%, that would be unreasonable, right? There's no cure that we're gonna locate in here, but if we can incrementally move the needle in a positive direction, um, it's, can, it can be really you know, quite powerful. And you know, Joanna, you kind of stole my next question there. You know, do you see things trending upward or not? And it sounds like from 1993 to now, things have been flat, but yes. if you are an addiction treatment center that's at least participating in this data, from what we know, your outcomes are incrementally improving upwards. And that's an advantage, not only in the market, but above all, an advantage to the patient demographic that we serve uh, each and every day. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I guess I wanna say something about, you know, the business model of addiction treatment centers. Buyers don't have a lot of say in their participation in treatment. Their life's falling apart. Mom and dad, you know, generally family of some sort scrambling in the mm -hmm. background to find addiction treatment, like you said, Joanna, you know, as it goes, taking tidbits and advice from other people. And then the seller at the end of the day, the insurance company and so forth don't have a lot of say once addiction treatment centers get authorization for dates of service. And because the buyer and seller don't have a lot of say in this, it comes, there's a great responsibility for addiction treatment centers to behave properly within that mix. Um, because the other two sides don't have market advantages in the way that addiction treatment centers do. So there's a real powerful thing there um, that's you know, taking place. And by participating in outcomes, you are taking seriously and acting responsibly towards the patient demographic that we serve. Yes. Um, and over time, we get more and more people well. And that's what Joanna is saying about you know, the outcomes, at least for those participating in this. So. Um, because you stole that bullet point and we just rehashed it, you know, to the next to the next question. If you could demand one thing from the addiction treatment industry at this time, what would that be? Do the outcomes research. Monitor your patients during treatment. Use those results to help them get better. And please start measuring your outcomes. You don't have to do it through Vista Research Group. You can do it wherever, but please, this is so important. Yeah. It's the only Absolutely. way the industry is going to continue to get better. Yeah. And I, you know, and I, and I just want to add to that too. I know it's easy for, you know, people to think, well, okay, well, of course, outcome, you know, research data company wants more people to participate in outcome research data, but we're talking to a not-for-profit to be absolutely clear here at the end of the day, this isn't about big dollars for Joanna. This is about uh, giving back um, to the community and patients within addiction treatment centers in a big way, and they are deserving of better outcomes yes. and for us to be innovative as an industry and charge forward in a big way. Um, so hear that clearly, folks. And, you know, finally, with the predicted shortage of addiction treatment counselors swiftly approaching in, in the year uh, 2030, you gave me that data set and I was able to read through it. It looks like by the year 2030, we're going to have less psychiatrists in this industry due to retirement, less people going into school. Maybe doctors are chasing the big paycheck in anesthesiology and not psychiatry. Who knows? We can only speculate. But also, I think there's going to be a shortage of about 15,000 addiction treatment counselors um, at that time, primarily counselors who can serve addiction and mental health as a patient demographic. So this industry isn't, um, it's, it's only going to continue to face, you know, more significant challenges in that regard. And so 
how can addiction treatment centers and their families best prepare for this, you know, in your view? And if, if we're going to have fewer counselors, I mean, we already have fewer treatment uh, slots than, than we need. We know that um, for some patients, it's really hard to find a bed when they need it. And unfortunately, this is, this is a disease that if somebody is willing to go into treatment right now, and you don't have a bed right now, and you have a bed tomorrow, it might be too late. They mm -hmm. may very well change their mind, or they may have overdosed in, in the meantime. I mean, this is, this is all really awful stuff. I mean, we, we are seeing overdose rates going, continuing to absolutely skyrocket. And things are just, the, the COVID pandemic made things just so much worse. So if there's a, there is already a shortage of really quality treatment centers, and there's a shortage of quality treatment counselors, addiction treatment counselors, it's only going to get worse so it just is critical that we use every possible tool that we can to make the treatment as effective as it possibly can be. Absolutely. And, and so ultimately, too, what I would love to leave the viewers at before we sort of, you know, transition into the, you know, the kind of the final thoughts here on the episode is that um, it is through outcomes as, as, a, as a data set or of those data sets that's gonna lead us uh, into the future and hopefully become a less fragmented industry. I know uh, many of you have joined Finding Peaks in the past and throughout all of our episodes have heard me say that a lot. Outcomes is a way to unify this industry, to get away from the hyperbolic statements of a caring recovery and those sort of features because for as much as we care, we can do more in the direction of outcomes and improving uh, quality of care in that regard um, at the end of the day. So. You know, with that said, I do kind of want to transition into a future opportunity here, a little bit away from Vista Research into Conquer Addiction. And um, we don't have time today to necessarily launch fully into it, but I would love to bring it back because Conquer Addiction, um, check it out, everybody. Uh, Joanna, you can give us the link to it and everything as well, too, and we'll make sure that's available to everybody to start viewing prior to us getting to uh, that episode. Um, but that where Vista Research, again, works for addiction treatment centers and outcomes to approve over time, um, those outcomes are then taken and highlighted in Conquer Addiction. And that is a place where families, you know, looking for efficacious treatment episodes can discover that. And again, it's a not-for-profit platform. It's extremely inexpensive for addiction treatment centers to participate in who have outcome data. And hopefully that can be a continued resource and advantage to people searching for episodes. But I think before, you know, we exit here, we're, we want to caution the consumer about calling in an addiction treatment center and hearing, oh, we have 80% outcomes or 98% outcomes. There's sort of these absurd numbers that are launched in, um, you know, energized admission treatment cultures. I, to me personally, um, it, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think I want to say it just because Peaks isn't a 98% outcome treatment center, um, but that just can't be true, right? And it's not. And it's not. I mean, it, that is part of what the industry has really done to shoot itself in the foot. Just because there have been some bad actors out there that have been making bogus claims and 
you know, advertising on TV about you can walk out in 30 days and be cured and stuff. And, and I realized that those bad actors are a tiny percentage of the industry, but they have tainted everything. And when you, I have personally had treatment center owners tell me they had 98% success rate, 90%, 85%. It's all nonsense. I mean, what did that mean? That that person was not using the instant they stepped foot out of the out of the treatment center? I mean, having monitored 50,000 plus patients in addiction treatment over the last five years, I can tell you that only 40% of those patients are in treatment for the first time. Unfortunately, this is a devilishly hard disease to recover from. And as much as I wish it were different, a lot of people will need more than one episode of treatment. My daughter needed three serious residential treatments, multiple IOPs, sober livings over a five-year period. It worked in the end, but it wasn't a one and done type thing. I really hope Every other family out there does have a one-time success and, and their, their loved one is able to stay sober forever after, but that's not typical. So we need, we, we've taught as an industry, we've taught families not to believe the things that they're told from treatment centers. We've taught them that, some treatment centers will say they have 80% success or 90% success. Families know that's not true. It's not realistic. And so I think what it's really important is for the industry to start really focusing on truth and sharing independently validated research results that has been scientifically collected. I mean, guys, this is healthcare. Right? This is, this is really important. Can you imagine going to your doctor with hypertension and not having him follow up with you six months, a year later to see how your blood pressure is? I mean, we have to start treating addiction like the illness, the disease it is and measuring what works and doing more of what works and stopping doing what isn't effective. That's my plea. <laughs> I'll get off my soapbox now. That's all right. I'm, I'm so grateful that we had this time together um, to speak about um, you know, outcomes in that regard. And, it, and, it, and I look forward to a future episode with you. Let's make it a thing. Let's get Conquer Addiction on the map as well too. And, and talk out loud about it because it's an important feature of this aspect. It's one thing to get the data, it's another to reveal the data um, and the honest approach in that way and calling on all addiction treatment centers to participate in this uh, to the benefit of the patients um, that we serve at the end of the day. Um, otherwise, we're just making stuff up like 100% of the time, uh, you know, uh, our outcomes are, or 100% of our patients are in recovery 36% of the time, right? <laughs> Is what we do when we're speaking in, in that hyperbolic admissions energized sense. And it just doesn't need to be that way. And I, I recognize that with you, Joanna, we're talking about a very small fraction of addiction treatment programs, you know, who, um, you know, taint the waters in a way that, you know, um, is not appreciated on behalf of patients and the industry itself. But, um, 
there are a lot of addiction treatment centers in that regard that do care that are just not participating in this. And to me, yes. you know, for me to, to them and from you to them, um, we can care more and we can do the right thing and drive this in a positive direction. So um, with that said, um, I just want to, I'm going to, I'm going to take us out here, Joanne. I know you're not here in the studio, so stick around with me after. So uh, we can talk a little bit uh, more and uh, close out here, but in closing here at Peaks Recovery Centers, um, I hope this was uh, 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 an episode that was insightful for family systems who might be watching, motivational for addiction treatment centers who might be thinking, will this really help and will this improve my services? 100% from my perspective and what I've seen over the last three years, engaging in the data does improve outcomes. It's incremental, it's challenging. They're lower numbers at the end of the day than we wanna say 80% of all people are in recovery in that regard. Um, but that's not a reason to shy away from this um, at the end of the day. And we believe in it wholeheartedly. And I know Joanna is doing a wonderful thing for this industry. So um, moving forward, uh, looking forward to future uh, episodes here with Joanna. And on, uh, I believe Chris Burns or Jason, one of them will follow up on the next episode of Finding Peaks. But in the meantime, if you got questions, thoughts, ideas that I can bring forward to Joanna for our next episode um, with her, Finding Peaks at peaksrecovery.com. Uh, certainly check out uh, uh, Vista Research's platform as well as Conquer Addiction um, in that regard. And we'll provide links in the bio and that sort of stuff. Um, find us on podcast. Um, what are all the kids using these days, Joanna? The Facebooks, the Twitters, um, Instagrams <laughs> and so forth. Um, we'll be providing more uh, of this insightful information moving forward. So thank you for joining us, Joanna. And until next time, everybody, take care. My pleasure. Thank you, Brandon.